0: I wanted to let you know about a campaign I'm taking part in. It's called Two Pods a Day. That's hashtag the number two pods a day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for 30 days. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably haven't heard of. Two Pods a Day encourages you to listen more, listen independent. Find more shows like mine by following at Two Pods a Day on Twitter and Facebook. Or just search the hashtag the number two pods a day.
1: You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootin'
2: us, tootin' us, shootin' us, bobtail, wildcat in the West. (laughs) I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the... Yeah,
1: shit. (laughs) I'm a horrible person, aren't I? I would eat other people.
0: I like that we've reached a moment where Donna has to collect herself.
1: (laughs) Time to check show.
0: Hello and welcome to the Gravity Beard Podcast. My guests today are Paul Shomo and Donna Hume, the host of the Varmints Podcast. Every week they do a whole bunch of research to educate themselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. Paul, are you an animal expert? I'm Paul and I'm not an animal expert. Donna?
2: No, not at all. Not even a little.
1: (laughs) I think we're more what you call animal enthusiasts.
2: Yes. Animal nuts,
1: maybe.
0: (laughs) That's a great way to say it. Well, you'll be excited to know that today we're going to discuss humans. (laughs) All right. We're
2: talking about doing a show about humans and how weird that would be.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, specifically, uh, the humans we're going to be talking about are the two of you. So Mm. today we're going to be talking about Paul and Donna and their incredibly unique, entertaining, and educational show. But first, uh, the news. This is the Gravity Beard Headline News, with your anchor man, some guy named Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. So, Dateline, Bonita Springs, Florida, which is a place, Paul, that I think you're familiar with. Yes, I am. I live there. Oh, how about that? What a coincidence. <laughs> Two people were sent to the hospital after a car slammed into a Bonita Springs home Sunday night. It happened along Esther Drive around 9 p.m., The homeowner tells NBC2 his wife was in the garage when she noticed a car driving fast towards the home. Shortly after she left the garage, the car hit one of their cars and drove through the garage and into their pool. (laughs) Two people inside the car were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. A dog also in the car was not injured. Two structural beams of the home were damaged during the wreck. Emergency crews were on scene for hours as they tried pulling the car out of the pool. It's unclear why the driver drove his car into the home. <laughs> I guess my first question is, is Paul, did you ever get wind of this story?
1: Oh uh, yeah. You know what? It's funny because I, I saw this story, um, when it was on the news, I think it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And I think like a lot of people down here, when I read that story, I wasn't all that surprised when you moved to Florida, the dangers you have to worry about are not the alligators. They're not the people on meth. They're not the hurricanes because hurricanes up until you get to like category three are actually kind of fun. They're not anything you think Florida is dangerous for the, the the most dangerous thing about Florida are the drivers, the drivers in the summer heat. And here around where I live, we get a story like this about once every two weeks where somebody Lands their car in a pool. Somebody drives through the front of a 7-Eleven. Somebody drives through the, fr- <laughs> the front of a storefront. It happens all the time. You're kidding me. I'm not. It's like Bonita Springs is like. You remember the car chase scene in in the in uh, Blues Brothers within the shopping mall? Yes, of <laughs> course. That's pretty much Bonita. <laughs> wow. People are running into stuff all the time, including each other. <laughs> no. I, honestly, I'm I'm not even making a joke. It was not a surprise when I read this story. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So, a guy
2: could just be going too fast with like no no drugs, no alcohol, just unfamiliar yeah, with this and particular look, look place. And
1: look, look down at his cell phone and in the pool.
2: <laughs> Spoosh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That,
0: that's Boosh. insane. Okay, Crash. so.
2: Spoosh, I guess.
0: <laughs> so, I guess the assumption that I would make, but it doesn't, it, with the frequency that you're representing, it may not be the case, but it's not because of a lot of elderly drivers. It's mostly elderly drivers that are driving through things. Okay. Okay. So it is that reason it is because of the, okay. The large population of elderly drivers. Yep. One thing I really enjoyed about, about this story was, uh, the comments that were at the end of it. (laughs) And there weren't a lot of comments, but the comments that were there were really, really good. For example, Mike White commented, don't put your house in the middle of the road, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know what? Really good advice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then uh, and then Stashu, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, also a good comment, give, gives the term self service car wash a whole different <laughs> meaning. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stashu, for that, for that, for that top grade trying humor. To do a rim <laughs>
2: yeah. shot.
0: The first one I thought was pretty funny. I absolutely heard a rim shot in my head when I read the second one. Yes. I was like, he's, <laughs> he's doing a Bob Hope routine right now.
2: He'll <laughs> be here all night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on and learn more about humans Paul and Donna.
2: The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy
1: name are you blathering about?
0: So here's how I want to do this. Okay, Donna, hmm. tell us everything we need to know about Paul.
2: Everything we need to know about Paul. Paul is... Super curious and enthusiastic Mm -hmm. and has a heart that is incredibly huge. Like, he's (laughs) so compassionate. um, And that's the best thing that I like about him is we talk about animals a lot when we're chatting each other just in general, while we're building the show, we'll start talking about animals, and he sent me a thing yesterday, like, oh, we should save this for later, maybe, and I was like, I don't know, I think this might be animal abuse, and he just went, oh, man, really? Oh, yeah, you're right, and then we got into a big conversation about um, treating animals compassionately, and it's always our goal to be kind and compassionate, and the the person that is the best in charge of that is Paul, because he is one of the kindest people that I know.
1: Oh my goodness. making me tear up over here. (laughs)
0: Thank you.
2: I can't... It's true. He is incredibly kind.
0: So, so Paul, uh, how did she do? Is there anything else you would add to describe yourself? How am I going to add to that? That was beautiful. (laughs) That was. That was nice. Okay, now, Paul, tell us everything we need to know about Donna. Donna
1: is... Super smart, super funny, super just fun to do a podcast with and to talk to every week. In fact, I talk to her every day, and um, I you know pretty much what you hear on the podcast with Donna is what you get. She's an absolute delight. I knew within fifteen minutes of speaking to her in person that she was the right person for the podcast, and um, just I. I I can't think of enough good things to say about Donna. I mean she just a t- terrific person, terrific person, and we don't agree on everything, but we put up with each other's opinions and we put up with each other's particular brand of crazy enough to where i mean it's almost like a married couple i mean it's really it's 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 weird, you know, how well we've gotten along just in the short time that we've known one another
0: cool yeah now, now donna is there anything else about you that the audience needs to know
2: i am a graphic designer available for hire
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i can relate to that i'm fairly close to one of those uh no the thing that i always say i like people to know about me is that i have two dogs and two cats and i adore them and i love my boyfriend and Like, that's the central thing that's most important to me is my little family, my boyfriend and my little furry, my furry little pals. So I actually really, really do love them a lot, so.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the two of you guys are perfect together. So I wanted to ask this question. How do you know each other? Because you live in completely different parts of the country.
2: We met through our network. Yes. So um i was with blazing caribou before paul by a while and when he came to the network i would was like ah i want to be on this show oh they already have somebody gosh darn it <laughs> yep. you know it wasn't a show we developed at blazing caribou it was a show that came to us so it was already a complete package and i had no idea that they were gonna lose their host and i'm very sorry that uh, that happened because real life can be a bummer with Stuff that's fun sometimes, but I had to jump on the opportunity right away, and that's how we met. Yeah,
0: so, so, Paul, where where did the idea for the show come from originally? So, I've been wanting I've been
1: wanting to do a podcast since about 2013. So, I was on Reddit one day and poking around in one of the podcasts subreddits and somebody posted in there that they needed a a co-host and I was like well this will be a good way to kind of dip my toe in the water of podcasting and it was a zoologist or somebody that was going to school to be a zoologist and she said well my idea for this podcast is i'm going to have somebody on that doesn't know anything about animals and then I'm going to educate them about animals and it's going to be a real short podcast, and I'm going to call it Creature Teacher. And I was like, I don't know anything about animals. I'm down. I want to do this. And then I, <laughs> I tried to get a hold of her. I think she put out one episode that sounded really, really horrible. And I and I tried for months to get a hold of her. Like, hey, you got a good idea? Let's do this. And I never could get a hold of her. Um, and I was looking for you know a good podcast about animals anyway, and. All of them are for dog owners or cat owners or vegans, which I'm not, or animal rights people, which I'm not. And there wasn't the podcast for animals that I wanted to hear did not exist. The thing that was in my head just wasn't being made. So I thought to myself, well, I can't get a hold of this person that had this wonderful idea, so
0: why not do it myself? So how did you decide on the title of your show, and did you consider any others before you settled on Varmints? Well, Creature Teacher was a pretty cool title, but I'm not a teacher. So
1: I literally, I went to the internet, and I went to a thesaurus website, and I typed in animals, and I looked at all the synonyms for animals, and Varmints was on there, and I thought, I'm trying to do something that's going to make people laugh, and if you meet somebody in real life that uses the word varmints, they're probably the same person that's going to make you laugh, <laughs> you know? So I just thought it was like, it's short, it's a funny word. It's That's where I came up with the title, varmints. And I looked on the internet to see, make sure that there was no other podcast called varmints, and there wasn't. So that's how it got the name. And then the way I met Donna was, we took a couple of weeks off over the holidays and then we were going to reconvene on a on a Saturday morning and talk about the animals that we were going to do and where the podcast was going to go because we had just kind of switched format a little bit. And uh the first thing that Paul my old co-host said was hey before we start talking I got to tell you something. And you know you get that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach like oh here it comes. So yeah, we had that conversation, and I sat here about, for about a half hour just kind of feeling bad and staring at my computer and wondering if what I was doing was any good. You know, was there another reason that he quit? Is this worth doing at all? And I decided that I was having enough fun with it that I wanted to continue doing it. So I got on our Slack channel for our network, and I'll never forget this. It was twelve o'clock noon when I sent this message, twelve o'clock sharp. And it said, Hey, I lost my clo my I lost my co-host, blah blah blah. Would somebody be able to fill in for a week or two or just kind of help me with this so I can keep this going? And because of the type of work Donna does, she's a very quick typist. And she messaged me at twelve oh one. That is so great. She said, I want to be a part of this podcast. I've wanted to be a part of it since it began. Please consider me. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) That is awesome. And I had like four other people in the network that did the same thing that were like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. So that felt like super good. Like, okay, I'm on the right track.
0: You know? What great affirmation.
1: Uh, It it did feel good. And um, I'm glad I continued with it. I really am.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think... (laughs) I think all your listeners are, too, because you have a terrific show. Cool. What what a cool story of how you guys came together. That's neat. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. All right. It's disclaimer time. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. The Gravity Beard podcast knows that it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, (laughs) but (laughs) then we really only have the yardstick of ourselves to go by, so we're going to do it anyways. So we're going to use a scale of 1 to 10. Each week, you guys rate that animal's intelligence. My question for you is regarding that, how do you decide what are the criteria that you use to give to give that animal a rating?
2: Mm. Well, there's nothing particularly exact about this. It's just a relative so on a scale of 1 to 10, how squishy is this carpet, you know? It's like it's that that kind of thing. It's it's still pretty subjective. But for me in my head it's sort of five would be middle of the road like showing signs of good engineering abilities, good you know, animals that build things that solve problems in sort of novel ways, that kind of thing. That's sort of really intelligent right in the middle five, six, somewhere in there. And then when you get into the seven and eights, as far as I'm concerned it's when you're doing things like using tools, Using um, problem solving on a, on a way that it is not instinctual, that kind of thing. So for me, that's how I do it, and I try to bear in mind what the actual experts think. Sorry what about I Paul? rambled.
1: Basically everything that Donna said, except I do take two other things into consideration. It, if you're an animal and you're eating your own poop, you're going to lose points from me.
0: <laughs> also, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah. I, I, there, and how many people are there on the planet now? Are there about 8 billion?
2: Yeah, somewhere in there. 9 billion, I think.
1: Somewhere, somewhere in there. So, if there's 8 billion in one of an animal, how
0: likely are they to take over the world? So, I factor that in too. Yeah, I, I actually just heard the, the first episode where you introduced that as a measurement. Yeah, that's definitely a thing I take into consideration. I think that's a great measurement. I, I mean, it's still it's still a very hypothetical conversation, but it's a great measurement.
1: Yeah, it is, and, and always... we do struggle over this every week. We do, we do, we, we do. talk about it. We do, and but when it what it comes down to is, it's just fun to sit and talk about how smart we think animals are. You know, right. I've actually well, considered taking that part of the show out more than once. No, I've no, actually, kidding. I've actually sat and thought. Uh, I think this is going to be the week where I tell Donna we're not going to do the animal intelligence thing anymore. But then I think, now you know what? It's kind of fun to get on a microphone and say that owls are dumb. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's what people do. It's what people talk about. People look at their dogs and they say, ah, my dog is dumber
0: than a bag of hammers, you know?
2: <laughs>
0: so it's just a fun thing to talk about. See, now I've never come up with a criteria to measure the intelligence of a bag of hammers, so that might be really unfair. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dumb. I don't know i'm going to come i'm gonna test that and get back to you <laughs> okay, so maybe you haven't done the episode on it, but is there what's what's the animal that's out in the world that you think would get closest to a ten? We did an episode
1: on um octopuses, and they're really smart, like they would take over if there was enough of them and they could get around the whole breathing air instead of water thing we would they would be our masters, we would be their slaves. It would be octopus
0: world interesting yeah okay all right
2: i'm gonna have to go with one of the primates i'm pretty sure it would be a chimpanzee so so do they not. eat
0: their poop or do they just throw their poop because so, then that yeah, would So really...
2: animals that eat their poop this is something that people should know that if the if an animal is in the zoo eating their poop they might be they might be psychologically behaviorally disturbed
0: plus, yeah. plus we don't know maybe their poop is delicious
2: you know they have to you would think that it's probably a, a situation where it tastes good. like you cannot keep my dogs out of the litter box if if I haven't. I'm usually really super fast, like I can tell like the cats have given us a problem to solve, and we're gonna go solve it right now before the dogs get there. I usually am there before they are, but you look at them munching on those kitty crunchies in the hallway and they look happy as can be. There's no possible way that it tastes bad.
0: you know couldn't they wouldn't keep eating it i would hope i'm sure
2: it would taste bad to me but they love it so who knows what's in there that they love i don't know i don't judge i just try to keep it away from them because i don't want to smell poop breath all day on my dog right like i'm not judging you man but gross here have a treat to clean your teeth (laughs) you know yeah maybe if you could just if you could just
0: teach him if you could just teach them to brush and floss after they did it, then maybe that would solve the problem.
2: <laughs> I, I brush their teeth. <laughs> I do brush their teeth, which is, oh, that's a that's a fun thing to do.
0: And now for something completely different. Okay, so it, this this is normally where you guys would talk about where you find the animal you're discussing in pop culture, but instead, I'd like to use this time to bring up some of my favorite episodes and moments from your show. Oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> So I had a really hard time deciding what my favorite episodes are because I've enjoyed almost everyone that I've listened to. If I had to pick one or two, I think I would say my favorites are episode 25 on Goldfish, uh, episode 22 on Chickens, and I also really enjoyed number 19 on Squirrels.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, so speaking of Goldfish, everything I, I heard... In the goldfish episode was the opposite of what I thought I knew about goldfish.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, good. I mean... Yeah, same here. They're a really neat little animal, so I'm, I'm glad that people enjoyed learning about them. Yeah.
0: Okay, so what are some of your favorite episodes? Um, I think
2: for me, my favorite is probably the chickens episode of all the ones that we've done so far. And I've liked... I've enjoyed every episode, but... The chickens episode was just so hilarious. I mean, everything that was nuts. About chickens is so funny, and we, we were in
1: such a them. giggly, weird mood that day that we could just not, we couldn't stop, we could not stop giggling.
2: And it didn't help that everything about them is hilarious. It's just, <laughs> you
0: know. Oh no, that was that was a really fun episode to listen to. That's why it's one of my favorites.
2: I love that episode. And I listen to it a lot, actually.
0: <laughs> but the one
2: that I think was surprised. Me that I liked a lot was the one we did recently on Mosquitoes. I actually enjoyed that a lot and oh, yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't think that I was going to. So.
1: And we put that episode off two or three times. We just we shoved it back, we shoved it back, we shoved it back because how do you talk about the world's deadliest animal and still make it entertaining and funny and not a total bummer? And I think we actually managed to, to do
0: that. I was really pleased with that one myself. Okay, so the one note that really stood out to me in that episode, which was shocking to me, was what was the, what was the note in that episode about how it affected the? Was it the Revolutionary War? Or the yeah, Civil the War? Revolutionary War. Oh, the War. American Revolution. I didn't wow. know
2: that. That was crazy cool. To, to yeah, to about. find
0: to find out that mosquitoes had a major impact on the outcome of the American Revolution was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, for me too.
2: That's definitely one of the funniest things I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what's been your most popular episode?
2: Otters.
1: Otters. For some reason, otters just landed with people. They resonate with people. People love otters. That thing has gotten so many listens. I'm, I'm amazed. Like, yeah.
0: Interesting. And
2: I love the otters episode. I've listened to that one multiple times. Actually, I just listened to every episode that we did a couple of days ago. Uh, I just started at the beginning and listened to every single one, and I I really have enjoyed all of them. Oh, that's cool. But I always end up going, oh, I wish I'd said this differently, and I wish I'd expressed that differently. (laughs) So I'm being critical of myself afterward, but I, I do like them. And the Otters episode, I think, is funny because... Of the Foley effects that I do in that one, I know you're not supposed to laugh at yourself, but I, I laugh at myself every time on that episode.
0: Oh, I, I don't agree with that at all. I think you should laugh at yourself. I think it makes it I think it makes it more fun to listen to.
2: I uh, Paul threatened one day in chat to uh, just make a, a clip of my Foley effects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, to, to be quite honest with you, Donna, I I think I think your laughter is one of my favorite. Subtle elements to the oh, show. Oh, it's the best! Or she'll break into song, or she'll do little yes sound effects, or oh, yeah. it's the best, man! Absolutely, no, no. The the dimension that you bring to the show around those types of things really, really is one of my favorite things about it. Honestly,
2: oh, well, thank you. Absolutely.
0: So, so those are some of my favorite episodes. A couple of my favorite moments. Speaking of otters, was at the begin near the beginning of that episode. You guys went over the fart chart. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which I found fascinating, <laughs> and then and
0: then one of my other uh, f- one of my other favorite episodes or one of my other favorite moments in one of your episodes was Paul's laugh fit in episode nineteen over the injured squirrel in Denmark. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, dude, that was so mean. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was funny. It was definitely funny, but it was even funnier because you couldn't stop laughing about it. I couldn't, I don't know what that was that just struck me funny, but man, that,
1: I, uh, we, I don't, I don't remember if we had to start and stop a couple of times over that, but
0: I just couldn't, I couldn't keep it together. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I, I understand. So, so are there, are there other, are there other moments that you guys have that are favorite moments from the
2: show? Oh, I love, oh, I made him laugh with, uh, on the chickens episode, you remember we were talking about the the Sarama chicken, the little tiny one. And I said, he's a mini chicken, <laughs> a chiclet, if you will. And Paul just died. <laughs> yes. I
0: do, I do remember the chiclet joke. I think I laughed at that too.
2: And that was one of those rare times where I was ready to be brilliant with a pun, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not very good at that. My boyfriend is the master of that kind of thing, and I, I suck at it. So, mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So if you had to pick one animal, Donna, what is your favorite animal?
2: My overall favorite water animal is sharks, specifically the great white shark.
0: What about your favorite land animal?
2: That's a harder one because I like the big cats. I think uh, tigers are amazing, and but lions have a pretty special place in my heart too. And cheetahs, cheetahs I think are outrageously interesting because they're so genetically similar to each other.
0: So what about you, Paul? What's your favorite animal? I think I would like to see
1: an ocean just full of octopuses and no other life. That would be pretty fun to watch. And for land animal, I think I would replace every land animal on the planet with a honey badger. I think that would make the world such an interesting place to live. Uh Like you wouldn't have a whole lot of petty, you know, worries and problems if you went out the door to check your mail, knowing that there could be like a honey badger. In the bushes across the street, <laughs> waiting to tear your foot off—you know, those things are mean. <laughs> like a world full of honey badgers would be just amazing.
0: Yeah, those are mean little buggers, aren't they?
1: They are. They're supposedly supposedly the meanest animal in the world. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. We have them at the zoo here. They're they're really cute. They look like little rugs with legs, <laughs> and they
0: are mean. Very very mean.
1: Get in my belly!
0: Okay, each episode you guys discuss whether or not you would uh, eat the animal that you're discussing. So, not counting their endangered status, what is your criteria for whether or not you'll eat an animal?
2: I don't think Paul has a criteria. Do you?
1: Um, (laughs) If they're not, like, the only reason I wouldn't eat goldfish is because they're really not big enough. Same thing with the the animal that we're going to talk about this weekend. They're just... Like I would if they were big enough, like, but it would take so many of them to fill me up that it wouldn't be worth it. Donna, she has two boxes, one box that is don't eat and one box that is eat, and she has a lot of food in that eat box, but then there's a lot in that don't eat box there, and I have a very, very large gray area of animals that I would possibly try. I thought you were going to ask us if we would eat humans. Ugh. I thought about that, actually.
2: I have a cannibalism pact with my friend, Monica.
0: What okay, do you so, think my answer would be to that question, Donna? <laughs> so, as soon as I decided, hey, I'm going to, the animal we're going to discuss is humans, my mind immediately went to the section about eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. and, and I was going to ask the question, so I, I'll just go ahead and ask the question because maybe I'll insert and we'll go that direction. So, we'll, we'll, well, hang on a second. So, Donna, ask the question as I've asked it first, and maybe I'll use this one instead. So, so, uh, so hang on. So, so other than their endangered status, Donna, what's your criteria for whether or not you'll eat an animal?
2: I don't know. I just look at an animal and I just sort of go, well, that's food or that's not food. And I don't really have any answer for you as to why. It's just some animals we eat and some we don't. And I accept categorically that it doesn't have to be rational.
0: You know what, I've listened to enough episodes of your show that I I knew that would be your answer. (laughs) And you know what, I think it's a perfectly legitimate answer and I would probably have the same answer, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start over and I'm going to, I'm going to indulge Paul.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Paul would eat anything that couldn't get away from him.
0: (laughs) Okay. Hold that thought. So each episode you guys say whether or not you would eat the animal that you're discussing. Yeah. So it begs the question would you eat humans <laughs> So I was at the doctor's office about five years ago
1: and I had a little thing on my back that I had to get burned off. I had to get it removed. This is gross I know I'm sorry so I laid down on the I took my, took my shirt off I laid down on the on the thing and uh, they novocaine to me up and they started burning it off and I went hmm.
0: Not bad. <laughs> like, that's not terrible. Like, if I add the right sauce, that smells delicious. So, you know what?
1: The answer is really horrible, but it's not in the don't, won't, never will eat category for me.
0: All right, fair enough.
1: I'm a horrible person, aren't I? I would eat other people.
0: I like that we've reached a moment where Donna has to collect herself. <laughs> Air, humans are in that gray area. I'm just being
1: honest.
2: Well, I was just, say, just reflecting on how earlier I said how kind he was.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wouldn't eat you, Donna.
2: Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> I, I think if it was a survival situation and you didn't, I would, you know, that would not be very rational. My answer is I would if I had to do it to survive, Absolutely. Like, if I was in a plane crash, I have a, I have a cannibalism backed with my girlfriend, Monica. I, I, we talked about it one day, and I was like, so if we're ever in a plane crash in the mountains and we both survive, and, you know, one of us dies, if you've got to eat me because you've got to get that protein so you can stay warm and survive to be rescued, you have permission to do so. And she was like, ditto, right back at you. So, in that instance, I definitely would. But no other... There is no other scenario that could convince me to do it.
1: I had a family member approach me, and I won't say which family member, but I had a family member approach me and say, when I die, I want to be cremated, and I want you to have a big dinner with all my family and friends, and I want you to put a little bit of my ashes in every single food <laughs> item oh, in the dinner. And I agree. It's not
2: really cannibalism at that point, is it? It's carbonism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you consume that? Is that healthy?
2: It's just ashes. It's
0: just ashes. Sure. It's just
2: carbon. Yeah. Interesting. You probably wouldn't even notice it was there.
0: Paul, you know where I thought you were going when you were explaining those those arrangements. What's that? Where? I thought you were gonna say that that person wanted to be cremated, and then you were all gonna have a big family dinner and then you're going to serve some sort of anonymous meat and tell everyone that they were eating that person <laughs> as, as, a, as a joke to trick them. Uh, I'd be like, now that's an idea I could get behind. That's funny.
2: I just want you to know that... I don't you know, know a funeral
0: director that would go for that.
2: I just want you to know that anonymous meat is the name of my punk cover band. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I, I hope that that's true, but if it's not, it needs to be. Okay, Donna and Paul. Yes, are your brains a repository of useless information like mine is?
2: No, not today.
0: Yeah, (laughs) more or less. Right now, sure. Okay, thanks for playing along. So let's help you win the. (laughs) So let's help you win the next trivia night, or just sound smarter than the rest of the uh, room with uh, the Varmints Podcast facts of the week. (laughs) I know. try to hold back your excitement
2: i am excited i'm ready
0: (laughs) okay now paul yes i know you're a fan of etymology yes i am you are a word nerd if you will i am
2: too that's one of the things that we share that was one of the oddest things that i learned about him was i was like what really because me too
0: (laughs) okay so for our listeners out there that don't know what etymology is that's the study of word origins essentially right not bugs words (laughs) no that would be entomology Mm -hmm. correct so the word varmint, which I'm sure you know the origin of, but I'm going to do this to, uh, for the benefit of our audience, it's oh, of English no. origin. What's that? I said, oh no. <laughs> Am
1: I allowed to use Google?
0: Do you do you not know this this uh, origin or definition? I actually don't. Oh, fantastic! So the word varmint is of English origin. Miriam Webster, Miriam Webster defines it as follows. There's two definitions. Definition one: an animal considered a pest, one classed as vermin and unprotected by game law. And definition two, a contemptible person or a rascal. <laughs> Perhaps there's some animals and humans out there that could be considered varmints. <laughs> there would probably be some people
1: out there that would call me a varmint and be totally within their rights.
0: Yeah, I was prepared, to, uh, I was prepared for you to admit that you might be a rascal. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> do you okay. guys
2: remember Granny on the Beverly Hillbilly saying varmints all the time? I do not. Yeah, that was one of her words that she would say. Ellie Mae, get these varmints out of here.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's terrific. And my second varmints podcast fact of the week. You guys obviously love animals, but you're not a fan of PETA. No. Not at all.
2: I think they're too extreme in their views. You guys, you don't have to be anti-human to be pro-animal, and, I, and that pretty much sums up why I dislike them.
1: Yeah, same here. I, 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 that's an organization that puts animals before people. It's too extreme. I think when I, when we end the show and Donna says, be nice to animals, that's what you should do.
0: Be nice to animals on, a, on just a normal human level. Okay, so we're, we're almost done. We just got a couple more minutes but sure. I want to turn to something a little bit lighter. And that is, we're going to really quickly run through some animal jokes. Ah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you ready? Yep. Ready. Now, I will acknowledge and admit all of these are really cheesy and dumb, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> so, joke number one, where do orcas hear music? Oh, know. probably an orchestra. That's right, orchestras. <laughs> hi yeah. Why did the cow cross the road? Why?
2: It felt like it to get to the
0: other <laughs> side uh, oh, oh no yeah. What do you call a fish without an eye? A fish without an eye. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. But what I'm do you so call it, What times. do you call a fish without an eye? tof <laughs> 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 See, this is funny.
1: I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That joke was for the uh, for the guy that likes words. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so with that positive response, we're gonna continue. Ugh. What do you do if your dog chews a dictionary?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know.
0: Take the words right out of his mouth.
2: Ah <laughs> Oh, I'm
0: not done. I'm not done, folks. There's more. Oh, he's here all night, people. Try all the veal. Mm-hmm.
2: Tip your waitress. <laughs> Tip your waitress. <laughs> what do you? try
0: the meal. All right, and we'll end with this one. What do you call a cow that eats your grass? A cow a that cow. eats your grass.
2: <laughs> you just call
0: it. Oh! Oh! I know the answer. I know the answer. Bring it. A lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> uh. All right. A couple more things before we leave. Tell people where they can find you, your show, or anything else you'd like to promote.
1: Our show lives at blazingcariboustudios.com slash varmints. You can get our show notes there. You can get all the episodes there. And also, of course, you can get us on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever other podcatcher you use. If you just type varmints into the search engine, uh, there we are. We are the only podcast named varmints. And you'll see the little upside-down possum holding a microphone. That's us. Any other information you wanted to share?
2: Uh, Well, What are we... Uh, varmintspodcast at gmail.com That's how you can get a hold of us. and yep. we're on Twitter at
1: Varmints Podcast.
2: Varmints Podcast. Yeah, that's where we are. Woo-hoo. Oh, and Twitter.
1: Facebook too. We are we are on Facebook, and we don't have a whole lot of traffic there. So if you go to Facebook and search for Varmints Podcast, you can you can join our little page there and, and yeah, exactly. Communicate yeah. with us and interact
0: with us and all that good stuff. Right now, we're most active, I think, on Twitter. <laughs> all right. Well, the last thing we have to do is if one or one or either of you would finish this episode the way you normally finish your own episode.
2: <laughs> Thank
1: you
0: so much for listening, and as always...
2: Be nice to animals.
0: Some concerning news on the intern front. I've been trying to get Lou to tell me what happened to his plans to join the carnival, and he just won't open up about it. He loves animals, so I decided to take him to the zoo to cheer him up, well, as you know, Lou is a little person, and out of frustration, he climbed up on one of the railings to see better, and he fell into the lion enclosure. He leaped behind a rock formation before he got mauled to death, but it's been three days and he's still too afraid to come out. Hey, if you're a creator or fan of independent podcasts, you should join the Underdog Podcast community. You can find the discussion group by searching that name on Facebook or on Twitter at Underdog Pods. You can listen to the Gravity Beard podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or anywhere else you consume podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at TheGravityBeard, and of course, we're on Facebook. You can also email us at contactthebeard at gmail.com. We definitely want to hear from you. And please stop by iTunes to subscribe to the show. Next week, Lord Saunders joins me for our third installment of this week today. After that, we have a special guest on the show. Marty Andrade, author of Finding D.B. Cooper, Chasing the Last Lead in America's Only Unsolved Skyjacking. Marty shares his unique perspective on the case, and we discuss the work of our previous guest, Derek Gotzi. This is the Gravity Beard podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. This
2: is the Gravity Beard Podcast.
0: That's it? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah.
1: Thank you. That was fun. Good, 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 good. I have good. to I'm pee really beard. bad, and my voice is shot.